ever dreamt of quitting your job and traveling the world? Like most people, we did too, and even tried it out. We're sharing our journey with a podcast and a blog. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. After a long hiatus, we are back with some adjustments like a new home base. We will continue to move forward with Live Let Rome and share our travel adventures, hopefully inspiring others out there to take their own journeys. Welcome to episode 17, a special cat-themed episode of Live Let Rome. On today's episode, I want to talk about the cats of Turkey and our special visit in Izmir, Turkey. Now, I've been wanting to talk about these cats for what it seems like forever. And at this point with the hiatus, it's a little bit longer than we wanted. <laughs> like so many people in this world, I'm obsessed with cats. Whether I'm traveling or closer to home, if I see a cat, my instinct goes to, oh my God, he's just a baby. I got to go make friends with him or oh, I want to just see how squishable their faces are. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Christy, I think really is part cat. Probably <laughs> part of your DNA. I've known you for a long time, but when you see a cat, your heart melts. I mean, you just are drawn to them. You want to see the world through their eyes. And I know this, I take advantage of it and I lure you outside or different places. Say, I saw a cat under this car. Let's go eat at this uh, pizza restaurant or whatever. And I can guide you in that direction. But I yeah. think I've steadily lured you into the cat side of this world here. No, I mean, I, I, mean, I grew up as a dog person. I've become solely a, a cat person by hanging out with you and seeing cats through your eyes. I really do see a different way of looking at the oh, world. Oh, this is the city that definitely puts you full throttle into cat daddy. I land. mean, you have to. Well, Ishmir is a dog is a dog area as well. We can talk about the dogs, but the cats, the kittens. Oh, the dogs seemed really itchy, though. Well, they were itchy, but they were independent. They were friendly, and they were. I guess the they cats used to were bark itchy. At cars I just didn't that care. didn't follow directions. It's an animal. It's an animal town. Special, special call out to Kitten Park, which we're going to talk about today. It's time for some quick facts, or quick cat facts. The history of cats in Turkey date back to the Ottoman times, around the 13th century. It was believed they were used to protect the wooden homes from rats and mice. As a port city, Istanbul plays a big part of that migration of cats as well. Cats are revered in Islam admired for their cleanliness and are thought to be ritually clean. For that reason, they are allowed to enter homes and even mosques. According to many hadith, the Islamic prophet Muhammad prohibited the persecution and killing of cats. In the 14th century, the medieval Egyptian zoologist Al-Damiri wrote that the first cat was created when God caused a lion to sneeze after animals on Noah's Ark complained of mice. Where we spotted the kitties. Look around and cats are not hard to find, especially in Turkey. If you know your way a little bit around cats, you can spot them a little bit easier. Typically in the daytime, you can look for a cat soaking in a sunbeam or tucked away in some safe spot by the marina or in a park. Often you will see one in a shop or a restaurant just keeping watch. In Ishmir, we stumbled upon Culture Park a large urban park located in the Konak district founded in 1936. In this park, 
There are feral cats and dogs everywhere, and you often get to see the unseen aspects of the animals in Turkey in their daily life. So I stumbled upon Kenton Park on one of my normal orientation walks. Christy was taking a nap in our hotel, and there's this park nearby our place called Culture Park. And it's essentially their central park in Izmir. All the cultural activities take place there. I heard music. There was a cheesy haunted house there. There was a lot of funny, funny things to walk around and see. And we'll definitely dig into that in the Ishmir specific episode. But yes, tell us about this special part of Culture Park. Well, so I was just getting my orientation, walking around Culture Park, taking pictures. And all of a sudden, on the far side of the park, I noticed a couple cats were roaming around and took notice because I think of you immediately when I mm-hmm. see a cat. Then I saw literally piles of kittens and I can't even describe how many little guys there were but different colors different shapes different sounds and I walked into this area and it was really like a refuge wow they are super cute super nice little fuzzy monkeys that crawl up your legs and I played with them a little bit and I took pictures and I took a little video to show you prove and then I I came back to the hotel you were still sleeping I burst and I said Oh my God, I found the coolest place. You're going to go wild. I found Kitten Park. No, what did you say? Do you Uh, remember? I don't remember. You said that I was going to cry. Oh my God, I have something to tell you. You're going to cry. Yeah, and then I showed the video and you just lost it immediately because these cats, they are absolutely adorable and we have a lot of little stories to tell. I'm glad we were introduced to this little park in Yes. Eric and I both agree that Ishmir is where we had our most special interaction with the cats in Turkey. Here, we also got to see a larger part of the overall picture, the good and the bad about the animal welfare in Turkey. Once Eric found the kitten part, I knew we had to go back to visit them again and again. There, we met Casey, a young American woman living in Ishmir, and learned a little bit more about her story and the cat welfare in Ishmir and Culture Park. All right, so this is, well, we can get him on tape too, if he wants to record. (laughs) Here, I'm with, this is Eric, I'm with Casey, and Casey, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about Izmir and the cat situation here. Sure, I moved to Izmir about a year ago, and I was actually volunteering with refugees at first, but I was walking through the park every day, and I would see deceased cats in the park almost daily. So I started to look into how I could help them, taking them to the clinic, getting them vaccinated, and of course, spaying and neutering is the main solution to this problem. It's a long-term solution, but it needs to be done. And for every healthy cat that you see in a cafe in Turkey, you can think that four or five have probably died as kittens. So this needs to be made aware of. Yes, some cats have it good in Turkey, but the majority pass away from disease at a very early age. So I'm just trying to advocate for the cats here. Give them a voice because nobody sees them when they pass away. They go into the bushes and they're gone. So I'm trying to be their voice and educate people about the reality of stray cats in Turkey. My TikTok is AKAKC and that's also on Instagram too. And so what do you do day to day? What's your daily activities to help them? 
I come to Coulter Park in the morning and I look for the cats who need medical attention the most and I take them to the clinics. I go to maybe a dozen different clinics in Izmir. And then checking on cats in clinics, I have 35 cats of my own. Wow. <laughs> I have a cat studio and then I have like 20 in my apartment. And I'm looking for a bigger location currently, like an outdoor location for them. So I'm fostering a lot of cats. And then I'm posting on social media, trying to educate. That's what I do day to day. If there was one message you'd like to leave with travelers to Turkey uh-huh, about uh-huh. cats, what would that one message be? Just to be aware of the other side of the cats in Turkey, to not take it at face value. If you see cats being well taken care of, just know that's not all of them. There is another side to it, and these cats need to be spayed and neutered. Thank you very much, Casey. Signing off. I want to talk about our experiences with Casey. We let you hear a couple sound bites from her, but we spent a lot of time talking her, more than this minute or two. We were actually just picking her brain about the whole cat welfare in Turkey situation. When we first arrived at Kitten Park, there was a sign up on the wall that said, don't do this, don't move the cats, don't feed the cats, and all these like directions. We're like, what's this? And but it didn't say any. It was in Turkish. It was in Turkish. We, we found out later that's what it said. Yeah, Yeah, but there, there's a little area where these kittens are, but then they're roaming around there. So we sat down and we went to the cat park, I think like six, seven times when we were in Ishmir. Upon the second visit, we brought a little food and we were trying to pet the cats. And then we met this lady, Casey, who... Turns out is also from Michigan, which I am from originally as well. So we hit it off and we just started asking her questions like, what are you doing here? And what's the rules here? And how does it work? And she really informed us and educated us about this kitten park, which definitely is cute, but it has a darker side. Yeah, I think when you first see a lot of the park, there are water stations set up in the park and there's some vet clinics around there. And when you first see the shelter, you're like, oh my God, there's a nice little safe haven. But when you kind of dig a little bit deeper, you see that the water stations are filthy and not maintained. You also see that the shelter area becomes a pile of just disease and you know sickness and all that kind of things and it becomes a little bit sad so it's digging a little bit deeper Casey helped us see that and I think when we saw her now to note about Casey Casey is blonde hair blue eyed so we know like oh she's gotta be not from here (laughs) right 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 not to say because there's a lot of blue eyed Turkish folks but yeah she was like more American looking in that aspect so we're like oh let's talk to her she probably knows English so we can find out a little bit more about what's going on and we had a lot of great conversations regarding the cat welfare and her stance was really interesting and she takes a way frontal facing direct approach to it so she's just not showing you the cute kittens she's showing you the disease she's showing you the dead kittens she finds every day in the park she's showing just the maltreatment of these cats that are being abandoned daily. And I actually witnessed it at our last visit. We actually saw a dad with his little girl bring a box of like kittens. And these kittens were adorable, right? And they're fresh and clean because they were coming from a home. But it was, I guess, part of the culture. They set the box down and they try to introduce these cats to this area. They don't know probably better. But Casey sees this every day and she knows that it'll... These cats, after a few days, will catch some kind of diseases and things. So it's it's really heart 
heart-wrenching actually to watch and these cats they get abandoned then these family left and then these cats scrambled and kind of hide in, in the greenery around there just for their own safety and you know out of fear and so we've been observing this when we were trying to comfort the cats and that's what Casey gave us some great advice you know we, we came with socks for gloves if you remember petting and we were worried about diseases and she explained then she talked about that these kids are just craving play and attention because their mothers aren't there and so they're crawling up your legs and up on your head and you know, you're just trying to control these cats a little bit, but also give them the attention and love they need. We're also thinking about feeding them. Casey was great in just educating, especially me. Christy's a cat expert. I'm a novice, but she was teaching me how to hold them and how to play with them. And, and Well, that's uh, when you finally, like, buckle, tell her, oh, it's okay for me to hold them because I'm not going to get some cat play. We don't know. We're in a foreign land where there's, a, I don't know, 100 kittens running around us, on different diseases and things. So you're a little bit apprehensive at first, but she really did a great job educating us. Some of the topics about educating us about these concerns of the cats in Turkey was, number one, that there's not a program that distinctly addresses the cat situation. So these cats are strays. There's not any program to spade or neuter. I know talking to her and talking to several other folks and doing some research online to learn about the religious objections to the spaying and neutering and a little bit about a couple different arguments where some people are more progressive. They're okay with spaying and neutering because it will protect the overall for the health of the colony. But then other folks go back to that religious aspect of let animals be who they are the natural. natural course yeah. yeah so that was one of the things the other aspects were people who cause harm turkey does have some laws regarding animal welfare but what i think the problems end up being is what are the repercussions and i think there's not only in the legal environment but i think there's a social repercussion where you see these cats they're almost interchangeable or disposable actually mm -hmm. at the point when you were looking at it that it's like oh i can play with this kitten today for another one if it dies then there's another one that's going to be there so you know just treating it more as a living being instead of people who seek to cause harm which actually i heard not from casey there was another turkish woman that we met who talked to us about some of these issues. Yeah, I was going to bring that up is we did find another English-speaking Turkish woman who was bringing food, actually period liver there for them to eat on. And she was very heartbroken as well. And it's a complex problem. There's, I don't think there's definitely not an easy solve there. And I think there's just differences of opinion. We did see this sign, that guy that Casey talks about that's really like aggressive and loud and kind of overprotective and doing things, but maybe not in the best way for the health and the welfare of the kids. It was tough to witness all the cultural differences and nuances there. It's a really hard thing to unpack. Yeah, and the thing I want to mention is that we were in Ishmir for two weeks. And I want to say that we visit this park a minimum once a day for the two weeks. Most of the time, probably maybe twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> Some days we'd sneak out and just get a pile of cats on my lap when you were sleeping. Uh, you know, sometimes he'd cheat on me and come back <laughs> and send me pictures of a kid, little kitten on his lap. And I'd be like, why? You cheated on me. Yeah, I mean, there's kittens. There's also adult cats. So the other thing that I want to talk about that you mentioned is that second one we talked, she was a flight attendant for Turkish Airlines. What she does is every week she buys whatever meats that she can on sale because the financial situation in Turkey is also tough. 
and blends it to give uh, good quality food for these kittens. Because that's another aspect is these kittens are so young, they're not been reared properly from their mothers. It's often babies having babies that the poor quality of food people throw everything from their mac and cheese to their loaf of bread yeah. to like mm. a pile of rice. Soup, just a like loose soup on a on the just stoop and it's random it's things. gross. You're like God, put it in a bowl at least. You know, it's one thing to give cats food. I know their heart is in the right place, right? I, I do I don't think anyone who's bringing soup and pouring it out on the in this thing even though it's causing disease and probably rotting food that then Casey or other people have to clean up. I think their heart's in the right place, but it's the execution and, and having some kind of direction or education that is just needed there so desperately that Casey's trying to change that. Yeah, and what, from what we saw in our experience with the two weeks is that it's these volunteers that are from all around the city of Ishmir that are giving this care. So some folks... They're debating with once another, where I know Casey had some concerns with some other folks who've been doing that longer, and that becomes a little bit of friction. But I think part of what we discussed when I was discussed with Casey was about having consistency in that message, about the consistent care and the living situations of the cats were one of the biggest things. And she tries to raise awareness so it should be the government that has a more structured policy, very similar to what a lot of Western countries do today, although we're not perfect. You're literally not seeing hundreds of piles of kittens <laughs> in a little corner. You're not seeing that right. in the States. And usually. that's and that's the problem is there's just too much in one space. And then these little kittens, they cling together because they don't roam out because then there's predators around there large birds and little kids that are grabbing them and so it's a complex problem i know casey's on a mission to help make it better talk about our standout moments, our cat special standout moments. I think we can trade off on a couple of these. So I would say definitely my first standout moment related to your story is coming across the kitten park that you just showed me in pictures, but seeing it in person for the first time. <laughs> I, you know that cute aggression where you just want to just snap a twig between your teeth or bone or metal? Like, that was me. I was going to cry at that point. It was just too much to handle at one yeah, point. Yeah, the, the first experience for both of us, I mean, when I saw it, and then seeing it with you through your eyes, that was my favorite, I think. You know, where you're just sitting there and just seeing you, and, and these kittens were just all over you, just like going nuts. When we like, got there, we're like, our plants are made for two weeks. Uh, I don't like, no offense to Ishmael, I was like, whatever you had going on, I was like, you you won me over from this second. As hard as it was to see these cats and learning about what they're going through, it was comforting to us and we got a lot of enjoyment out of being with them. And I think they did too. It was mutual. The cats of Turkey, and I want to say Ishmael especially, were some of the most friendliest stray feral cats that I've yes. ever met. Well, except for one. 
spicy. Well, <laughs> never mind that. We had our own little picante in the bunch, but overall, most stray cats are usually would run and hide, get yelled at, or something, whatever the case yeah, is. Yeah. They come up to you, they're on like these little cats that are the size of a chicken nugget, just sitting on the track, just waiting for you to stop and give them attention. My, my hand looked big next to the kittens. I mean, these kittens were small and undernourished. It's hard to even put in words. Well, you're going to have to find. Do you have a standout moment you want to discuss? Probably just going to the park by myself and sitting there for 45 minutes, having one of the adult cats come and like just sit next to you and sleep on your lap and just really hear that comforting sleep that they have in the little purring and just that you feel like you're comforting them, but they're actually comforting you. That was really nice. And then just having, you know, the cats just running up, the little kittens running up my legs. Like, I have videos of it, but they would just literally crawl. And we'd always wear long sleeves because we knew we'd get some scratches and long pants, even if it was warm out. Well, I had to but, train you because you wore shorts. And I was oh, like, no, don't wear shorts. Bad part. idea. <laughs> Jogging pants. But they, just literally, I would have two, three, four kittens, like little chicken nugget kittens crawling up your legs. Up to your head and then down. And and then you're trying to pull them off and you want to be still. You don't want to hurt them. So you're still like a statue. They were just so interested in us and just so playful. So just being silent with them on the bench, listening and recording them sleep. We have some recordings of them sleeping on us. Yes. And then crawling up your body. Hey, 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 hey. I would say one of my standout moments is watching you progress in your affection and attitude toward the cats in the two weeks. And I mean this in the sense of from the first point you were afraid to pet them because of fear of disease or I'm going to get something and I'm going to get mange or whatever the thing is that you thought you're going to get. At most you would pet them with a fingertip. Towards the end, we were cuddling them. Mm. They were like sitting on your lap. And I would say that is definitely one of the first standout moments is when one jumped on your lap and you're like, what do I do? With your hands (laughs) up, you're sitting on a bench, your toes are pointed going, what do I do? And the cat's just meowing, looking up at you, trying to crawl up a little bit. And you're like trying to knock him down. I'm like, just pet him. Yeah, well, like I said, we made, we fashioned gloves out of socks at first because I was paranoid. You know, I don't know. But Casey educated me, right, and said, don't worry about it, and here's how you do it. And, of course, you wash your hands. You had antibacterial. I mean, we took precautions, right? And we wore long pants and clothes. We're not getting scratched. These little guys couldn't hurt a flea. I mean, they were just, they were just really wanted attention and some love. That's what we gave them. Yeah, and I would say another part of my standout besides... That we mentioned we had some food that we fed them. Progressively in the two weeks, I've advanced. So we went to just visiting these cats and maybe we give them our leftover chicken from our food to I created cat toys out of just whatever was in my suitcase and all these contraptions for them. Well, it started with the Turkish breakfast. So Mm. take a step back. The first meal that we fed them was hard-boiled eggs and... Cats love hard-boiled eggs. Correction, the first meal we fed them was ayiros. 
our chicken Oh, yeah, gyros. we had some chicken gyro left over. Because yep. I knew the chicken, but then we had ran into Casey, and we just talked about, like, what about some hard-boiled eggs? Because we knew we had that uh, Turkish breakfast. Hey, they were free at our, our breakfast. We could grab as many as we want. And we're just thinking rich, densely fat-packed food for some of these kittens. This one, not so great for maybe adult cats, but for these kittens that are not mm. getting the nutrients they are from their mother or any well care, these nutrient ingredient things are going to last a little bit longer than their system than some just regular low protein cat kibble or whatever scraps they throw down. Yeah, yeah. And they appreciated you'd bring the eggs and we had a whole ritual cracking them and, you know, mixing them together so they weren't big pieces and, and they would just go to town and they were so hungry, these guys. Little mini skirmishes would break out. We learned how to put little small piles down to keep them in small packs because there were so many of them and some were too sick to come across the area. Yeah, and we, we start to learn their personality is and how to feed, how some were food aggressive, some were super shy. So we had to take some of the ones that we felt that looked a little weak nourishment. And Eric would distract them while I'm trying to feed this little mm -hmm. tiny one to make sure he gets some food. That was just a big part of our advancing. And it got to the point where I destroyed some of my clothes to make a cat toy because I had a sewing <laughs> kit that I had brought. And I was like, well, I don't need this tank top. They need it more. So got some feathers from the park, some cat toys. And we were playing with them with these homemade cat toys. And it was just, they were in heaven. And we did have older adult cats come by. But I will say, like, yeah, there was a few aggressive moments with a couple cats that... but. Honestly, pretty well behaved. They worked together well. They had a system understanding to deal with interacting with each other. But there really wasn't any huge fights. I've seen other cats get really territorial and aggressive. Not at Kitten Park. Not as much. At least I didn't see it. Yeah, the aggression wasn't necessarily towards the humans. The aggressions was towards each other that But it was I found. pretty muted. I didn't think there was too bad. It was that. a fight for survival. So it basically, was, yeah. if I was this cat and I can get to this food before you, that's what I'm going to do. And the food aggression would be that they're so hungry and they need to get to that food first. They'll slap it right out of your hand and their little claws are sharp. To get to other ways we fed them is you take those large liter plastic bottles, we cut them in half and made like two separate troughs for the cats to eat. So they weren't eating right on top of each other. Oh, I MacGyvered this puppy. So <laughs> this was like near our last day. I was like, Eric, I'm like, can we buy the wet food, please? Uh, we need yeah. to buy the wet food. Yeah. So got a wet food and we had our liter water bottles that we had. Was able to cut it open with my tiniest of sewing scissors <laughs> that yeah. was in my kit. And then sealed down some of the edges with fire so they wouldn't hurt. Created these troughs out of these liter water bottles. So when we fed them, they were in hog heaven. I, oh my goodness. These cats, you have no, I've never seen an animal so hungry. But like, and cats eat delicately, even though they're hungry. But they were just, you, they were making these noises. They were so hungry and concentrated on eating and literally this trough full of food. It's hard to see. And that's where we kept on bringing more food. And, and then we saw some of the locals bring in some other food and things. So they, they do get fed, but the illnesses and some of them that are too weak to eat, uh, it is survival of the fittest. And, yeah, and, it's, you know. it could be worms or disease or any of these things that their body is not properly getting these foods. And also because they're so young, they have no immunity from their mom. It was a symbiotic. We were helping them, but they were helping us. 
I think the biggest part that what we wanted to bring to the cat situation and where we were at Ishmael was to give an opportunity to spend time with these cats. That's something we had discussed with Casey, and it was not just taking a cute picture and then leaving, but we would spend easily an hour each visit, and mm-hmm. then we're mm-hmm. visiting twice probably a day. So most of, of when I'm saying this, <laughs> this was our visits, and we would be an hour. We either play them with toys, we either are petting them. We are trying to give them some comfort, anything that we can arrange or clean up. If there's some like garbage around them, we can get that cleared up. The park itself was relatively clean by the staff there. Mm -hmm. It was just the kitten surroundings. They didn't have their blankets changed. There was a lot of like dirt and grime and they're eating off the Mm -hmm. floor. So all those things contribute to the disease and the problems. But what I want to say is... The aspect of comforting those kittens was so important to know that Mm. they may not live another week or they may not live, but at least they have the kindness and love. And for me, that was one of the most momentous experiences to the point when I say on that last day, I was ugly crying over this one little cat, (laughs) which standout moment is our naming of the cat. Oh, absolutely. So bring it on. Let's discuss some of the names. Of course, you see these cats, they get little personalities. You meet them after a week. I'm naming them. So (laughs) you you said spicy is one of them and spicy as all heck. Try to feed him. Slapped a piece of chicken out of my hand so hard that his nail attached to my finger Dragged my finger down into his mouth trying to beat the chicken. Oh, and I was so like, hungry. I was like, oh, please don't let me get an infection from this. And not only that, spicy. I have a picture of him, a great picture of him or her, I don't know, but of his paw on your foot, like holding you down. Like this cat, like commanded this whole park. So that's funny, showing how, like, it's not scared of you by far. In fact, we saw Spicy about 100, 200 yards from Kitten Park one day, yeah. roaming with some other pack of cats in another part of the park. Now, there's not as many cats on other sides of the park getting food from the dogs, I think. Yeah, there's from the territories, dogs. but we would laugh because Casey would see us and we're like, oh my God, they're Spicy. And then she would laugh because we've given them names or this one cat I call Wonky because... Wonky. Casey, part of her, the things that she did is she would take these cats to the vet or clinic. So if they have an infected eye or whatever, and then they'll be released back to the park because that's the only area. But all oh, this cute little wonky. He was probably an older kitten. I would want to say still under a year. Definitely. But missing an eye and the sweetest sweetheart. Oh, oh my God. I was like, come here, Wonky. He didn't raise a hand to any kitten. No. He waited for his food yeah. and he was so sweet. And, and he got a picture of Wonky sitting and sleeping on a moped yeah, on the way out. <laughs> and it's just the one eye he's looking up. Yeah, Wonky was the, one of the sweetest cats yeah. in the whole Wonky, park. penguin, spicy. Square fluffy head. Square fluffy head. Who else do I have? Monkey. Monkey. And don't forget K-Bop. K-Bop. The Aww. K-Bop was this little black cat that was so small. The park has the housing where like the, the cats are dropped, kittens are dropped off. Then you have a street. I mean, it's really just a pedestrian street. But then there's park benches on the other side. And we'd bring the food in. This little one called K-Bop was about the smallest that kittens could be. I, I don't even know if you can get smaller. 
the size of a small baby's fist, I, that, that small, and he would stumble across the road to get food. And we'd be worried because a bike might zip by, so we'd go out and pick up K-Bop and then bring him, and he would eat, and then we'd pick him up and walk him across the street because we didn't want to get hit, nicked by a, a bike. But he had a heart of, you know, he was a pretty strong cat. He was really going to get that food, but he was just so small. It was hard for him to navigate. Yeah, bit. I would hope that if you're ever in Turkey, you know, connect with some of these volunteers and do what you can. Show a little love. I think that's one of the most important things that you can. And spreading awareness, if you can donate. I know Casey has mm. a couple opportunities, Instagram and TikTok, that you can gift some of the items. And basically, she's giving a lot of her life to make sure that the cats in this Ishmael area and the knowledge is getting to this area to push it forward. Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? Charles Darwin said, The love for all living creatures is the most noble attribute of a man. Choose to see the whole picture of an experience, not just the Instagrammable views. It will lead to enrichment and motivate you to make a difference wherever you can. Be sure to wear long pants and long sleeves to prepare for kitten interactions. Also, a spare sock and some impromptu kitten toys are a big help as well. Spaying and neutering are long-term humane solutions to feral animal colonies. Also, remember, learning how to spend time with cats will provide you with lots of mental healing. Our next city or country is going to be Ishmir, Turkey. Remember, our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live, Let, Roam. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures, and we may feature you on an upcoming episode. So until next time, get out and roam.